keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, succotash, son. But it's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And your teeth look like two pike too, Billy. And you book a match with me, that's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? Marks with Dan St. Germain. Well, well, well. It is I, the lyrical, miracle, the sexual, intellectual, the cunning linguist. Blah, blah, blah. The quintessential stud muffin and the host of the 69 minute eargasm podcast, Joel Gertner. But at this time, allow me to introduce to you your host, the pleasure in your brain. He makes your mom wet like rain. Just ask her, the memory remains. But if you check the sheets, all you'll see is the stains. The host of Total Effin' Marks, Mr. Dan St. Germain. Oh my God, Joel Gertner. That was like, that was, oh wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Thank you for doing the show. And uh, that intro is one of the highlights of my career. By the way, my career is not going well, but nonetheless, <laughs> thank you. That is that is that that is absolutely amazing, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Studly Dudley himself, Joel Gertner is on the show today. How are you, Joel? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing it. Joel will also be on next week, where he's just going to talk ECW stories. Is our very brief Fourth of July episode uh, because I will be uh, hanging out with one of my fiance's friends. I have no fucking idea who I'm hanging out with, uh, and. My old co-host, Funny. who left for New Japan, yeah, the new, Jap- new Japan version of this podcast, uh, James Mattern, everybody. Guys, what a treat. And Zach's here, too, on the mic. Hey, what's up? <laughs> this is great. Can I just say that, uh, apparently, man, I am not good. I mean, I, I think I'm supposed to be an entertainer. I mean, that was wonderful. I'm supposed <laughs> to be a, amazing. a professional at comedy, and I just see this. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, he, Joel. He had 30 seconds to prep. Much obliged. great. Uh, thank you for doing it. Guys, it's time for the... Oh, by the way, Scott can't be here today. He has a pink eye from eating butt. <laughs> That's totally true. That's what I'm going to text him. Yeah. yeah. It's time for the 10 count. Number one. I can't believe I'm saying this, uh, but Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff, Bischoff are in the pilot seat for both Raw and SmackDown. Paul Heyman is at Raw. Eric Bischoff is going to be running SmackDown. I've heard that Paul Heyman was kind of like had a pretty high up there as far as WWE, like, but on the DL for a while. But this Eric Bischoff news blows my <laughs> fucking mind. What do we all think about it? Um, I find it interesting that they're scared because now there's actual like new competition, and yeah. so they go back to the people running 
the companies that they defeated 20 years ago, that doesn't seem like a logical move. No, it does that not. Seems cr- I mean, Heyman, of course, makes sense. He seems like he could run anything 20 years later, 30 years later. Uh, he seems to have a mind. Um, I don't know about Bischoff, because uh, when I was listening to that podcast, he kind of said the same thing every week. He just brought uh, compared wrestling to a three-act play every week, and it's like, we get it. We get how stories told. Uh, so I don't know if that's... If he's the guy to run it now, it just seems crazy. It seems does it mean McMahon's not going to run anything? Or no, they still have to report to him. It just seems like maybe it's a front to take the heat off him, is what it seems like. And then the, to make it sound like he's not calling everything and micromanaging everything, so when it gets shit on by everyone, which has uh, been like eighty weeks in a row. So I don't know. What are you thinking, Joel? Well, I think it's interesting. I mean, only time will tell, but I think it's just, you know, it's we happen to be recording this on Thursday, right? So throwback Thursday. I mean, I've seen people yeah. pointed out it's not an original thought that I had, but I was on Twitter earlier today, and I saw how people referenced the fact that, I mean, look, in the 90s, you know, 20 years ago, the guy who ran ECW and the guy who ran WCW, and there was a pretty healthy competition between those two, you know, that one goes kind of underreported. Everybody talks about the big, you know, yeah. the big two in the Monday Night Wars. And, of course, we were number three, and they examine it from all different aspects. But when they talk about, oh, you know, Eric Bischoff was trying to put Vince McMahon out of business or he wasn't trying to put it. You know, a lot of people talk about the dynamic McMahon and Bischoff, WWF and WCW. But a lot of people don't realize there was also an interesting dynamic between ECW and WCW and between Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff. So to have those guys, you know, coming out of that war 20 years ago to now be both in the same company on different brands reporting to the biggest dog in that whole war, Vince McMahon, I think it's the kind of thing that we can sit here and speculate, but really only time will tell. Uh, I'm going to make a proje- prediction. Um, terrible idea. <laughs> I'm going to go out and say that, you know, look, I like Eric Bischoff personally when I when I when I did the Rose of them, and uh, you know he had a lot of success in WCW, but Jesus Christ! I mean, the guy's been out of wrestling forever. I mean, the stuff at TNA was fucking hot garbage. It was brutes, magoots, baby. <laughs> it was horrendous. Uh, so I just don't know how this really works out. You know, and all the stuff that he produced, I mean, I made fun of it at the roast, but it was always like, uh, you know, it was like uh, like finding new love with Scott Bayo and various uh, hepatitis C and D-list celebrities. Uh, so I'm not really sure <laughs> if this is going to work out. I also wonder if it's a fuck you to Triple H, Paul Vesk. I thought about that. Because if he puts his old guard in there, because he just, you know, he brought back Pritchard. Um, That's interesting. Do you think he's being Fredo'd? He's getting passed over. Who? Triple oh yeah, H, yeah. Except for yeah, I, I, I mean, in my mind, you know, if if I'm Triple H, like fuck, man, I I just act as a performer on Raw and SmackDown and run NXT. Like once I hear Eric Bischoff is coming in, I'm just like fuck this, fuck trying. I, it's so crazy. Someone re- left me a message earlier. 
I mean, look at the track record. Conrad Thompson, the biggest star maker. I mean, Tony Schiavone is gonna <laughs> is gonna be the next president. If just, I mean, you just get on the. I mean, you and me from being on that roast episode. I can't wait and to that see what be we bad. get offered in three weeks. That wouldn't be bad. I mean, this will be. I can't wait for a cabinet position. <laughs> Nothing against or for Donald Trump, but that wouldn't be bad to have Tony Schiavone as president of the United States. He should. Re- no, Couldn't I think he worse. should replace uh, Huckabee Sanders. Now that would be great. Hey, slap dicks. This is what the president wants to do. I don't care. I mean, anybody could beat Huckabee. You know, Tony Schiavone used to stand there while Newbreed would say that they've come from the year 2004, and in the year 2004, Dusty Rhodes was the president of the United States. So Tony Schiavone right. was there for all of that. So he's got presidential experience. I, I, if who do you think it. would make the best? Everyone says The Rock, but who do you think would make the best president? Who is who in wrestling? Yeah. You know, I mean, I kind of think Heyman would be good. To be it would quite be bad, honest, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like Heyman. If we're just going to go with a wrestler, who would be... He looks like Jager Hoover, so maybe like head of the FBI. I can't wait to see the black male pictures. <laughs> That'd be great, huh? <laughs> oh, I'm trying Jesus. to think, who would be solid? Who could unite everybody, huh? Wouldn't be Heyman. Uh, I will say this about, you know, like... It, but he knows how to play politics. Here's my thing about Paul Heyman. It's like... Obviously, he's a genius. Obviously, he's still the best promo in professional wrestling. Um, if he has been working behind the scenes, because I, I have noticed some things like Ronda Rousey, she had one promo that was written so well. And I'm like, that's definitely a Heyman promo. 100%. I sense it sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll watch a promo. And, and by watch, I mean, uh, it's usually the verbiage. It's the wording. It's the intonation. So when I say watch a promo, more specifically, I'll be listening to a promo. Right. And, and I can tell that there are certain promos that I feel are probably either written or heavily inspired or, or collaborated on by him. And I think there are also certain, and not to their discredit, not that they wouldn't be good without his help, but I think there are certain talents that just regularly collaborate with him in, in the formative stages of their promos right. because they just on the regular sound very much like Paul Heyman. That's interesting. Uh, it, it, one thing I noticed about Paul in, in WWE, and it, it wasn't true, I, I think, in ECW. ECW, like, he made everybody kind of unique, and and then I think Vince Russo took that and applied that to, to WWE. But he, as far as, like, him managing people, like, he's been better with people like Brock and CM Punk and people that are already stars. He's not, he didn't really elevate Cesaro. Um, so I, I just don't, I mean, I don't know how, I just think that like, if you have the most successful thing that's come out of WWE for the past, like, you know, five years has been NXT. So why not give everyone who's made that a success the reins? I don't understand. Maybe, maybe, maybe it just seems like this is a passing over situation. What's eco, right? I mean, it's, it's, that's supposed to be the minor league and everyone likes the minor league more. You're going to be offended by running the top. So it's yeah. just it's just what it is. It's, if the Mets even... Triple A team like wins ninety percent of their games, yeah, you should call everyone up. But then there's also, well, what have I been doing running this team? I mean, at this point, I think like everybody in this room, I, at least at, at least myself and Zach. I mean, I don't know if you guys have watched the current product as much, but at least Zach and I probably know more about the current product than Eric Bischoff. Would you agree with that, Zach? Yeah, probably. I I mean, he doesn't seem like. He's paid attention much. I don't. I've had, I've never listened to this podcast that he does. There's one on North Korea he does with um, Conrad that's fucking awesome. I highly recommend it. But other than that, I don't know if he talks much about the current product. Yo, I how think- great will it be though? His first speech to the troops. 
What if he references three act plays? Like the television structures, there's a beginning, middle. Uh, we get it. A beginning. Everything well, has a beginning, middle, and end. You know what's to be funny too? He's gonna be like, because he's like, he always talks about how nervous he was to go into the WWE locker room. Sure. And this one is just gonna be like, I'm gonna be nervous coming back, and just nobody's gonna know who he is. Well, I'd like to go interrupt him, like he <laughs> did to my uh, monologue for the roast eight different times. So thanks. Buddy. Oh, he did. A minute in. Yeah, a minute in, that he just stands so next to him, like, hate. gyrates his crotch against me. I'm like, I, can I get through this? This isn't easy for me. I saw a woman throw throw herself at him. The guy still got it. Uh, he's a handsome bastard. As far as, far as being a him. handsome older man. Who knows? Maybe it'll work. I just, I mean, I think that they're, I really think that they're about six months away from hiring Hogan as GM. <laughs> oh, <that'd be> <laughs> like, at least as an on-screen talent. Like, it seems like they're going the TNA way. That's but all. I would just guess real quick that if, if they fully let Heyman run it, and you clearly know him, and so I don't know, that he's going to slow roll, take his time, and build new people up. It might not be overnight, and it's going to be – this is going to be like the dark night. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get a lot darker before it gets light again, you know? But that's – it's. I, I, I could – I would say let's judge this if he gets a full year. Let's see how it looks in a year, what he's done. But he seems like someone who constantly is looking – forward who can i make next who can i use these these talents that we have that are over or been over to get other people over because it's you have to constantly look forward so that's what i would suspect but an overnight thing it's not he's not just he's not a band-aid well the problem is is the wound is vince mcmahon so i i don't know you know if they're still reporting to vince i mean it's just we i just saw a video where he like creeped up on Becky after her WrestleMania win. And he just looks like a, like an old man lost in the fucking parking lot of a Walmart. You know, I think that that's the real problem. It's not, if he played that character on screen, ratings that's what I think would be up. great. I, I think like you, I, they almost hit of that, that summer of punk where you take like, just, just take him and put him in a hospital. Like they did flair with WCW. Are you kidding me? Make him uncle June at the end of the Sopranos. Oh my Spoiler God. alert, everybody. That was great. Yeah. I mean, would that be the best? Yeah. The end of it, Paul, Paul Vest is like, you were the boss of New Jersey. <laughs> well, that's nice. What's for lunch? Like, that's great. I usually do triple H better. That wasn't great. But um, it was beautiful. Okay. Number two, Mustafa Ali's goofy promo. Blink and you would have missed it, but it was during uh, stomping grounds this past Sunday. And not enough people were talking about how ridiculous that promo is. Zach, you couldn't find it originally. I, I, I looked it up and I, cause I thought it was on raw and I thought I might've missed it and mm -hmm. I couldn't find it on raw. I couldn't find it on SmackDown. And then I found it somewhere in the midst of the stomping grounds yeah. grouping of YouTube videos. And, uh, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I mean the whole thing when he stops the girl from drinking a 40, just cause he stands in front of her. Utterly insane. <laughs> I was doing cardio. I'm trying to watch the card doing cardio because I watch wrestling yeah, yeah, yeah. and boxing when I'm uh, trying to stay in shape. That was utterly insane. Right? I, I looked at the people next to me like they were watching on their fucking phone, too, like a maniac. And I, I was giving like the shrug and they're just trying to do their thing, listening to goddamn Beyonce. And I'm like, this is insulting. Not even as a wrestling, as a human being, as a goddamn human being. But this is, I mean, are they trying like it, to turn it, him into a superhero? What, what are the, they doing? What, yeah, yeah, Captain Planet? What is he? This, it, it felt like an 80s, it felt like the growing pains. Episode. And his secret powers, he just walks up to somebody in a hoodie, not a hoodie, but a jacket and a hood, and it's crazy. And just looks at them, and then they stop doing whatever bad thing they're doing. It's unbelievable. It, it just, I don't know. 
It almost made me turn it off and go find like a CML. You guys are making it sound like you guys are making it. I'm going to phrase it. You guys are making it sound like yeah, because yeah. I'd love to get a job there. So I'm going to everything. <laughs> so when I chime in a lot of the time, it's going to be like, you guys are making it sound like. But you guys are making it sound like it's a more contemporary kind of progressive woke version of remember Rikishi for a little while. He was. Yes. Um, yeah. Remember that one Rikishi gimmick? Yeah, fixing the streets. Or yeah, it was like Fatu. Yeah, it was Fatu um, making it, the making a difference. Making and... a difference. That's what it was. And he wore that crazy fucking jacket in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, it was so the it's... most nineties in living color jacket. And that's what's coming to mind when when you guys are talking about just kind absolutely. Of the that's exactly what these promos the are. Well, it was like an after school special from the eighties. Do you remember how like how they were? It's like, hey, put that down. You have your whole life, and it was kind of corny. Mustafa Ali doesn't have like a big ass to fall back on if this gimmick doesn't work. So he, he's not going to be able to stink face anybody. Well, he's in ring talent, so maybe we can just that is maybe true. we can just get back to that. He's yeah. true. That's a novel idea. Cares about that. Come on, guys. They're Matches? not going to beat New Japan on in ring talent. They need an Austin. I guess, but maybe one. They're just, just let not. You're, they're, you're just not like when you have a Bushi and. Naito literally fucking breaking each other's necks on the side of the ring. I, I just don't think anybody is going to come one. close to that. Not even AEW. So you got to just build up characters. We had AJ and Ricochet this week on Raw. That's, 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 well, that's number three, AJ versus Ricochet. Sort of a, yeah. Holy shit, what a match. Uh, AJ brought the best out of Ricochet since he's been on the main roster. I think we can all agree that. Was that really a segue that I had no clue was a segue from number two? Yeah, that's how good you are, yeah. Joel. All right. You're just a natural. Incredible Appreciate match, you. Joel. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I put it over on Twitter. I said that, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, God, I mean, all this interpromotional wrangling and all these even talents going in at each other and kind of yeah. whether it's friendly and just for something to tweet about. You know, it's always nice to have something organic to tweet about and you don't have to worry about it. And, you know, but at the end of the day, man, I mean, like what you like and, and watch what you watch. Um, but you can't really complain when you got AJ Styles and Ricochet in the main event on Raw. No, you can't. And someone made a good point, too. On SmackDown, you're going to have Finn Balor and Nakamura. So if Nakamura like steps it up again, like he did in NXT and New Japan, then that's going to be a hell of a feud. And I like when people keep the, the offices and the companies on their toes and they keep the competition strong and they keep all products getting stronger. I love that. And I don't, you know, people don't need to kind of have hair on their tongue and, and keep their opinions to themselves. But, you know, a match like AJ versus Ricochet, if they're in different companies, if they're both, for example, in New Japan at the same time, or a match like Finn versus Shinsuke, this is the kind of thing that, you know, if somebody wanted to, just for the sake of complaining about WWE, if they wanted to complain about it, they could be like, oh, I'd rather watch New Japan where they're showing us Finn versus Shinsuke and AJ right. versus Ricochet. Well, they are showing it to you on WWE. You know what I mean? Look, that so match is just where you, guys I, I always give credit to WWE where it's due. I'm not one of these people who tears it down constantly. Um, but... Yeah, I think like I even said that Brock Lesnar's the shit, and I got I, I got I got criticized for that last week. I think the way they use Brock can get annoying to people because they do want something new. But man, everyone who's pro him is correct. He at the event makes it bigger. Yeah, I was so excited when we were at Mania together, and he comes out, and I didn't care. I rooted for, because the fact that you know that he could crush. 99.98% of everyone in the building right. in 10 seconds, that's real. That's great. Same with Ronda. I get that energy. Now, if they right. can build others to feel like that and not just people that you get from 
uh, MMA backgrounds. That would be cool because they have plenty of people who could do the same thing. But yeah. Brock makes it. He was a UFC champion. I mean, he was the world champion, the heavyweight champion. The guy's a big deal. He almost made the Minnesota Vikings and hadn't played it down in football well, but the, the, ever, the, right? The combo of the it's thing crazy. is he, ha he has it, you know? Yeah. Like, the, I, there is there is the element of, like, they can't just have the pure badasses. Because if that's the case, then, like, what, Bart Gunn, Jacques Rougeau, and, like, I think Sin Cara would be the toughest people they've had on the rod because those are all people that have won. Joey Styles, those are all people who have legitimately won in backstage fights. So that's not going to work particularly either. Um, Jericho, even though I heard the Jericho Lesnar fight backstage, did you hear what that? Like I, he took down Goldberg, but I think with Lesnar he got in Lesnar's face, he got in his grill, right? and then Lesnar just kissed him on the forehead. <laughs> I like that Brock gets over by not working. <laughs> right? crazy, like, right? that's the heat right that you never say and then people that's are the like ultimate fuck you but you know it's what like, i kissed you on the forehead and i know you're not going to do anything back to me but how easy is that and, and that's why it's going to be like you said the kind of heat that can get annoying because his version of cm punk's pipe bomb is to have like a brock party shirt on and a ghetto blaster you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. like it, it's a fake you know what i mean it's a it's a tamped down and the heat is that he never works, you know? And then you get the people who are like, I don't want to see this guy. He never works. That's like Yogi Berra used to be like, ah, nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that always, that makes no sense to me though. Like how people get furious about him. Oh, you should work every week. The world champion, Hogan barely, when did you see Hogan on Superstars other than a promo? That's here true. And there. The, the belt Hogan, shouldn't Hogan be, was on the road a lot. The road fine, but the world champion flared and wrestled a title match every week. That's true. Nick Bockwinkle didn't do a title well, match every brings, week. The world title should mean so. Boxer, that, do we get upset if, if Fury doesn't fight every every month? Well, that, that's what you know. To bring back AJ versus Ricochet, the one my one caveat was the at the announcing. They're like, does that mean that AJ Styles is in the United States title picture? I feel like once you win either the Universal or WWE Championship, you should just be out of the other pictures. Like you either fight for those again. Or you have feuds, because I I don't know, man. I just don't. I, it just seems like why would why would AJ Styles go for another United States Championship? Well, that's and he the, already beat him. Well, that is the interesting thing. I've always wondered as a wrestling fan, like we the, we like the secondary belt, and like we always uh you'd think that it was like the worker belt. It's like yeah. this guy will never be the best, or it's like a stepping stone. But now it's just like you're the champ of the U.S. You're the champ of the Intercontinental. What does that mean? Like in boxing. You have different companies that have championships, and you have yeah. weight classes. So that makes sense. But if it's all like eight different solo belts under Who one cares? company, what does it really matter? Well, I've been saying they should combine the U.S., and it, which they have done before. They should combine both of those titles. But once again— Especially now that there's really no difference between the brands. Sure. Which makes me think, like, what the fuck is— like now that Bischoff and like they're saying that Bischoff isn't going to be an on-air talent, but if Bischoff and Heyman are there and they're working different shows and they're sharing the same talent, I mean, aren't they working together? It's not really Raw versus SmackDown anymore because of the wild card rule or whatever. Bullshit. I think they're gonna. It's from what I'm getting, and it's just hours off the news, is that they are going to try and get back to that. And you know, if you believe the rumors about Fox, is that they want it to be more of a sports presentation. So I guess that was why Bischoff, because of his experience maybe that's and reality doing. and all that. So maybe you'd want your own roster for that, I think, and you groom it to be that. 
No, the reason that they have the wild card rule is because SmackDown, I mean, Fox already is like, oh, no, 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 you're going to have all the top people on our show. No way. And it hasn't really helped ratings no, at all. I don't all. think it is. I also, you know, not to be a negative Nancy here, um, AJ had an incredible match with Chad Gable, and then it kind of didn't really do anything for him afterwards. Chad's so, dope. Uh, I, I think, and I think Gable's better on the stick than Ricochet. Ricochet, I think, uh, you know, he looks like a million bucks, and he, he wrestles fantastic, but, you know, he's just not. Yo, Chad Gable, mad respect as a wrestler. Also, yeah, good comedy club audience member. Dude was amazing, him really? and his girl. I fucked with him a little. He was friendly. And then after I go, is that you? Like a dummy. I go, is that you? And he goes, yeah, it's me. Yeah, good luck next week. Right before Mania. <laughs> and I think he was over it That's already. That's awesome. Baby. How great is that? He's already bonus over points, it. baby. Dude, so he's already over it. By the way, uh, and this wasn't, even the, this wasn't even in the countdown that I planned, but... Dude, if you watch SmackDown, that's two out of three matches. Man, that's going to get old real fast. What do you think, Zach? Oh, yeah. I don't. It's the whole commercial break thing, right? Where there's no wrestling. Yeah, there's never, yeah, there's never wrestling during a commercial break. Uh, I liked the first week. It was like it was like practiced with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn cutting a promo. It wasn't a two out of three. Or was it a two out of three? Calls? No, it became like, then it became like an eight man tag, right? Yeah, exactly. And they changed the match. How many times can we change this gimmick before we realize, oh, there's no wrestling allowed. That's why they're doing this. And it's just going to get it's it blows past. Again, if you're trying to make it more of a sport, you're you're showing how fake it is by being like, well, now we got to stop the show because it's got to go to commercial. And then we got to come back and then we continue with this <laughs> fake event that's that. happening. Well, I mean, if honest. it's Vince in two weeks, he'll be like, who thought of this two out of yeah, three exactly. match rule? <laughs> And he'll forget that it was him. On all fairness, in Mexico, I believe both companies do a lot of two out of threes. That's constantly. Well, God damn it, this isn't Mexico. That's it's right. America. And also, so like real sport, and we're going to do that analogy again too, there's TV timeouts. So we go to a time, we take a commercial break in between falls. You know, the other thing is they're talking about potentially it got brought up supposedly to go to the old European round system. If you don't like two out of three, wait till they go to like five minute rounds and take commercial breaks. What if they add timeouts to wrestling matches? Dude, oh my God. let's just they, right now. Look, it, it seems like they're at the, the worst it's been since we were kids in the early 90s in that. So throw spaghetti on the wall. Dude, do rounds. Have judges. Let's fucking go, man. You don't get up the island Have judges judge rounds and shit. Let's, let's get it going, man. Cut Try to, whatever. Cut to John Cena on set in his trailer, and he judges around. And they'll be like, Cena's here. Yo, man, do the team challenge series like AWA. That wasn't what sunk them. They were already going down. Deuce, have fun with it, man. You have a little wiggle room. Sure. See what sticks. I don't mind it so much. I mean, you know, the the integrity in wrestling is where you find it and where you make it. You know what I mean? But yeah. I mean, there's no integrity to lose, so to speak. There's no rules to be broken because you write the rules as you go along because yeah. it's pro wrestling. So at the end of the day, like, you know, if there's a TV timeout that gets forced, you know, enforced by the ref to both wrestlers at a point where they're at a, you know, just like in MMA guys could get stood up or guys could be allowed to roll. If it's at the referee's discretion, Oh, you know, sometime in the next minute or two, we need to take a hard break and both guys are up and they're kind of standing one in one corner and one in the other corner. If the ref has to enforce it from the truck, it could almost, you could work it in certain ways where, 
a baby face could get upset about it because he feels he's got the momentum, but the ref has to keep him at bay for two minutes. Like, as long as you find different ways, and they'll invent them. Yeah, that's it. You know, as long as it's creatively done and it doesn't seem ham-handed, you know? Guys, hire WWE. uh, WWE, hire Joel Gertner. The great Joel Gertner. Uh, Number four, the Extremist Rule tag team matches. Extreme Rules, the first two matches that are on the card are Seth and Becky versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. And Undertaker, who made his return this week, teaming with Roman Reigns to take out Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon. Apparently, Undertaker requested to work with Drew, so that's why it's happening. Um, I, you know, I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, n- n- none of it. I mean, none of these. This is an extreme. This, like, what? Like the the card prediction so far, too. Like, none of them, I don't know if any of them wore an extreme rules match. Like, it, it's Samoa Joe and Kofi Kingston's first fight together, so that's not going to be... That's fun. Ex- yeah, but that's not an extreme rules match. Bailey versus Alexa Bliss, I guess you could make that like a no DQ match. Finn Balor versus Shinsuke again. If that happens, it'll be like the first time, unless they do it on SmackDown, and then, I don't know, they make it a ladder match after that? Okay, there we go. I, I fixed that. Um, and the revival for the Usos, they'll probably do like a fucking icy hot match or something like that. It just seems like they're not, they're taking the extreme out of the extreme rules, which is fine. I fucking hate, I hate, I hate stipulation pay-per-views for the most part besides the Royal Rumble and I'm okay with money in the bank, but for the most part, I'd rather just have a hell in a cell match, be it an event rather than a whole card built around it. Sure. But I mean, if, so if it's extreme rules though, it's in Philly, all right. What's old is new again. Joel, I think we probably grew up on a lot of the same old territory stuff. And Heyman, yo, man, let's get some bull rope matches. Let's get cra- <laughs> I want tornado tag. I want crazy coal miner glove match. Let's, <laughs> let's get cra- strap matches. Do you remember how ludicrous yeah. these were? How they meant something when Dusty had a bull rope match? For the I last mean, three minutes of NWA Pro, and then they just <laughs> show the credits and end it, and you're like, oh my God, I've been waiting all week for this. You give me three minutes. It was the best. Yeah, WCW tried it too, though, right? They tried uh, uncensored. uncensored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think they get away from these old. I used to love gimmick match- matches, used to matter because you didn't get them all the goddamn time. And when you did, it was a big deal. The chain matches, holy shit, with the Russians. I think you're right. I think by definition, right, like the answers in the question, like the what made them so special is because they were special. Like when you got that flag match Woo! and a guy's getting buried under the flag or Come when you on. get the I quit match, when you get all these pivotal, seminal gimmick matches, you're not getting them one after the other after the next. That's not to say that, you know, if you're a consumer and now pay-per-view's gone, so now you're not paying $59.95, now you're paying $9.95 for the whole month and that includes the vault. So that's not to say that it's going to be a bad show, a terrible show, a lackluster, a mediocre show. You can have these shows and they can be super off the charts great, but make no mistake, it's, you know, it's a you know, you've got to have 12 different pay-per-views in a year. Yeah. Then I guess, you know, for a few of them to be different than the others, of course that makes sense. But like you said, what made a really, really, a gimmick match that resonated and that became a classic was one that not only was what it was, but was what it was probably on a card where the closest other thing to a gimmick match was an Australian Tag Team Rules match. Like they weren't just one right after the next. after the other. Right, right, right. 
Um, we got to skip to number five, Fighter Fest predictions, guys. We'll just make this real quick. Okay. Um, are you guys watching on Saturday, first off? I'm in Hartford. Um, it's a club I like to hang out at mm-hmm. and drink, but I'm on antibiotics, so I have a feeling my uh, Han Solo and well, you could ain't gonna happen that night. Your, you could it's, you could just bring your laptop there and. Well, I think I'm just gonna end up in the hotel room after watching it. Right, so right. I think that's it's what's free on Bleacher Report. Yeah. Uh, um, SCU versus Best Friends versus Private Party. Winners get first round bye for AEW Tag Team Championship Tournament. I, mean, I, I guess SCU wins that, right? Yeah, but I think you'd probably want them in a first-round match for whatever that is. I think that'd be that's someone you can rely on. I think mm-hmm. they're probably going to use them for as many matches as you can get. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go best friends. Okay. How about you guys? Uh, I that was a good that was a good workaround with that. I I, I like the way you thought about that because when AEW starts with their television, they're probably going to want SCU there to start it right off the bat. So yeah, best friends sounds about right. I'm terrible at predictions. All right, so we'll skip you for this. We're just going <laughs> to do a couple Vegas, of these baby. matches. We're just going to we're going to we're going to skip a couple of these matches. Christopher Daniels versus Sema. There's going to be Michael Nakazawa versus uh, Alex Jabali, who I, I don't I'm not familiar with either work. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki versus Raiho versus Nyla Rose. Hangman and Page versus Jungle Boy versus Jimmy Havoc versus MJF. You got to have Hangman. You got to have Hangman. Go hang- Did you say Yuka Sakazaki? Sakazaki, yeah, that's it. No disrespect to her, like uh-huh. just, just you know, because I'm the quintessential stud muffin and the yeah. name, but you could Sakazaki. Oh my on, God, baby. Jesus! It was right there. Joel on the Gardner, table. baby. Joel picked it up we and blasted it. it at you guys. Uh, yeah, I guess Hangman Page has got to win, right? But M- uh, MJ up is gonna shine like a diamond, baby. All right, Cody versus Darby Allen. I mean, Cody's got to win, right? I think Darby's gonna win. Well, that'd be good. I think Cody's going to put over new guys. John Ak- Moxley versus Joe Janela. Apparently, it's going to be a hardcore match now or Extreme Worlds match or something. Moxley's got to win that. It's going to be a mop-up, but it's going to be it's going to be vintage Janela probably. He's going to just be falling off helicopters, whatever yeah. they can get him on top of. He's going to fucking break. He'll, he'll lose three arms. That's how hardcore <laughs> it's going to be. Young Bucks and Kenny Omega versus the Lucha Bros and the Loretto, Loretto Kid. I think I think he probably got to go. I mean, Lucha Bros just lost to the Bucks, but Kenny also just lost. But then beat him in AAA, which everyone off of being elite would have seen. I think you got to give the Bucks an, an Omega. You got to yeah, keep I agree them. With that. I know that some people are being skeptical already. There's like, oh, if the vice presidents. But they were the best tag the team, team beforehand. They're the best. They have to, you have to start with these these people being the best. And then yeah. you can put over people. You just can't start putting people I, I over. I think Cody puts over Darby Allen, though. I do think that That happens. could happen. But you need them to be as hot as you can when they start that show. Because I, I like the CBS Sports show and the, the Silver King's like, look at this. Uh, after the first pay-per-view, it's like, see, all these guys are winning. Yeah, they have to. Well, you're going to start putting people over the first event? This is That's nuts. True. Uh, number six, Carmella and Corey Graves are together. Good for them. Hey, God bless, huh? Number seven. Nice country, as Bill Mattern would say. Nice country. Uh, it is going to be weird, though, because he's constantly talking about how hot Mandy Rose is. Now that we know that they're together, is he going to stop that? I mean, Maybe. it'd be fun if they made fun of him for that. Yeah, I guess well, it's like... Well, this is fine. this is an example of there they're not being a kayfabe, right? It's great that we know it's a, you know, it's a work and all this, and you can... Ha- 
But when your internet personality is opposite what you're portraying, it's yeah. tough. And when you promote everyone's social media, too, it's like, well, wait, where's the line then? Yeah, I mean, that's the problem with, uh, you know, kayfabe in 2019, right? Yeah, and it seems like AEW is trying to do, use their social media to help the other product. You know what I'm saying? And it's like to wink and they do more of the... They definitely keep. Baiting. They definitely hold it. Like, Jesus. They Speak definitely. Uh, yeah, my microphone just collapsed for the fucking <laughs> third time. Uh, they definitely keep it to their chest a little more. Um, number number seven, Drake Maverick and R Truth is the best rivalry we've had in WWE for years, and convince me that's not true. I'm also going to say something controversial. I think it's the best rivalry in wrestling right now. <laughs> I think it's the Austin Rock right now. In who? What? What other match do you constantly want to see over and over again? There's none. Yo, I still uh, Naito and Abushi. I know they're gonna kill each other, but I could watch that any day. I will, any uh, right now. Let's which, go. Wait, which one? With uh, Naito and uh and oh, yeah. Abushi. Well, that's true. I mean, and they uh, you you can't tell me they don't have some real shit on each other because they go at it <laughs> like someone's niece got screwed by someone else <laughs> something happened there and i love it i love it but yes this is fun the wedding spot great that's fun great i mean the belt's kind of whatever yeah but it's giving them something cool in between the lines in between the shows that's kind of fun yeah i'm, I'm into it um number eight where should abby show up next I think that's great how they how they teased Bray Wyatt uh, this past week. I actually loved it. You, I saw her. And then I second guessed it. I was like, nah. And then I was like, no, I know I saw her. I that mean, was I great. No, that was her. And then they had Mercy the Buzzard. I think what was he behind Kofi? He was behind Kofi. It's great. Do that for fucking four weeks. I'm just so nervous about this payoff because the setup has been great. Dude, I love Firefly Funhouse. It's the it's the best thing that's happened in I wrestling so much. in the past year, um, besides AEW starting. <laughs> uh, what, what if, if he gets added to the Dra Drake Maverick and Our Truth feud? Will you just will, will you be in Shangri La? <laughs> I will be. I'll be disappointed in some way, but then I'll probably get into it. I think Abby should have been the person who knocked. I'm it. saying it here. Yeah. And in promoting this podcast, I'll probably say that I said it here, just so nobody can steal it. Not worried about okay. you guys. I'm saying it here. <laughs> there should be an episode of Firefly Funhouse, and all of a sudden, Drake Maverick and R-Truth spill in, and they <laughs> just wrestle through for five seconds and bounce, <laughs> and Bra one of Bray's great. characters puts it over, and everybody else is like, nah, I don't think you really saw that. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> great. Yeah, you have Bray to sell it, but, the, but one of the puppets is like, did you see what just happened? Uh, I think that uh, Abby was the one who knocked at Aleister Black's door. Well, apparently they, Cesaro is, and that's the match they're setting up for at Extreme Rules. That'll be a fun match. Yeah, I that'll mean, be fun. That's the thing, but why call it Extreme Rules? There's nothing extreme about it. Well, maybe maybe they'll make it an old school wrestling gimmick. Maybe they'll do like most falls in 30 minutes or just something like that. Um, number nine, Jim Cornette gets spit on in MLW. You guys check that out, Sammy Callahan. This was like from last week, but we didn't get a chance to cover it. I listened to Cornette's podcast, so I heard him discuss it. He also um, is not a fan of Callahan from the jump, so that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, um, it's real, right? If not, what a great work. I think it it seems real. 
also I watched the uh, the wrestlers that episode with Sammy Callahan. Man, it's fa- he po- uh, he polarizes a lot in the industry, huh? I didn't realize that a lot of like old time people are like Sammy and his friends. I didn't realize that was a thing to describe like the hardcore cats that are doing it now. No, I really don't know that much about Sammy Callahan. I do think anyone who like wants to study selling as a wrestler or manager Fucking watch Jim Cornette in that video when he gets spit on and throws that headset back. That was one of the greatest things that I've ever seen. I love him. <laughs> I adore him. I'm scared to meet him because I'm scared he'll just hate me. It's like right. never meet your heroes. I, I think he. But f- I think he was like looking for friends. The guy's great. I grew up like you know my favorite tag team of all time. Let's just be real. If you don't love the Midnight Express, you're missing pulses. I I'm love also, them I'm, I'm, so. I'm a huge fan much. of the new Midnight Express. They're new. I like Bob Holly and uh, Bodacious and Al Snow. I think. I what mean, were they? Were they? Was Bob Holly and Bart Gunn? Who was it? I forget who it was. No, it was uh, no, it was Al Snow. You're right. It was Al Snow. No, it wasn't. Oh man, what a nightmare. <laughs> would they go by Bart Bodacious Bart? Yeah, it was Bart Gunn and Bob Holly. Yeah. What a nightmare. And it was I mean, it was crazy. Bombastic yeah. Bob. Bom- Bombastic I mean, that's, Bob. That's nuts. <laughs> Look, you can't be beautiful Bobby and sweet Stan. I mean, what are we doing there? <laughs> Lover boy Dennis? Come on, guys. Bodacious, too. It's such like a fucking Sean Pennon and Fast Time and Ridgemont High thing. It's Spicoli, I should just say. Um, did you ever work with Cornette, Joel? Um, with the exception of a show or two when he came in for ECW, no. Yeah. God. What are, what are, your, what are, your, what are your opinions on his opinions? It's probably my favorite question ever asked. I think they're very entertaining. I think he's yeah. very, you know, I mean, the, look, the stuff that, look, I'll listen to him, and like everything else in life, there will be things that I agree with, and there will be things that I disagree with. Yeah. But he is committed to it, man. He he's is. The, the one thing you can't say is that, you know, what a bullshit artist or what a what a hypocrite to, you know, what he he's just... Like, you may not like what he's going to say, but when he says it, he, he puts it out there and he stands all the way behind it and and, and he commits to it and he's passionate about it. He loves the business. He's passionate about the business. So, again, you know, he's definitely said some things that I don't agree with, but, um, you know, I, I'm... I, I I like him, man. I like I like listening to him. You know, I'll, if I'm on YouTube yeah. and I'm just going down the rabbit hole, and here's the algorithm, and do you want to watch this today? And I mean, yeah. a lot of the stuff that gets suggested to me to watch is Jim Cornette Jim stuff. Jim Cornette buried somebody. A lot of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Cornette is like, you know, what the family party like. You, you kind of want the racist uncle there who gets drunk just because he acts. <laughs> so you know, funny. like he brings a little spice to the, he brings a little seasoning to the steak, if you would. I don't know why I turned into Dusty Rhodes at the end of that. Like you wouldn't want you wouldn't want Jim Cornette as a dad, but you want him as an uncle. What a fun uncle, probably. But he probably would talk. He, I feel like he's probably really honest. Why are you dating that dirtbag piece of shit, man? You think you can't find someone better? Look at you. What are you going to end up a Walmart pregnant? Fucking working the counter, drinking malt liquor. I mean, I think that I think Cornette's into that kind of thing, though. Number ten, Seth Rollins burns it down online and ends up burning himself instead. Also, Kenny Omega deletes a tweet. Man, these online wars are really unnecessary. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm taking from. It's kind of fun, though, no? I almost think that that's bigger than uh, actual feuds. I mean, I, li- I like it if they're good at it. But I don't know if anybody involved in this the past week w- was particularly good at it. 
I think Osprey Jericho's pretty look good. And Jericho looked good. Yeah. yeah, I guess. I mean, Seth just can't talk shit. He's too Midwestern. It was interesting. So when all that's happening, I was texting you and a couple cats. I was yeah. over the gym, and I was like fired up. And I listened, started listening to the uh, the Dean Ambrose pod where he talks about Dean Ambrose. Well, no, no, yeah, the podcast. Yeah, it was uh, the SI Media podcast. And I was listening to that, and I was furious the first twenty minutes. I'm like, I don't like this dude, and blah blah. And then the next twenty, he's the most. Like humble, sweet. Yeah, she's better than me, and uh, I just want to help this nice couple get a coffee shop in <laughs> Iowa. We need to grow up a little in Iowa. And I'm like, he's the greatest human being ever. And he's just defending where he works, and he's being the company man. Uh, so I get that. I mean, what are you gonna do? But come on. I mean, it does make you think maybe Roman Reigns is a better champion though, because he never would have responded to Osprey. No, what? I don't think Osprey was being a jerk about it. I think he meant to be friendly and then like have a friendly rhythm. And it was like, yo, what's your bank account? Whoa, dude. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Jesus Osprey's Christ. excellent, but it's like, too, it's like, Seth, if you're going to go after a fucking top guy from another company, go after Okada. Don't go after Osprey. Go after, like, the Kenny Omega, the top people from the other companies. Well, you're only as good as your last thing. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. When he was tweeting, that match was getting booed. Now... Isn't necessarily his fault the night before, but the last match I remember sitting down and watching Osprey was against Dragon Lee, and that was Jesus. Um, I mean, that was the match of the year. Pretty candidate. nice. It was pretty nice. I, I mean, feel like someone took me candidate. to Peter Luger's. Yeah, it, it, was, it was. It was pretty. It was pretty yeah. fucking great. It was pretty dope. Yeah, and I and I also think that Kenny Omega, that was kind of a stretch. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I don't. I, I get it. I get why he he reacted. But to say, like, to just go straight up, like, you know, you line your pockets with Saudi Arabian money and all that stuff. It's like, relax. Like, you know, <laughs> it's first of all, it's an evolve show. So these yeah. are like, these are your buddies that are yeah, these that guys are, aren't making are any working, money trying to really get their their names out there. Because then eventually, actually, after he deleted that first tweet, the second tweet was, oh, and I'm not I'm not talking about the guys that are working that night. I'm talking about the business management of it. And it's like. Why say something at all then? If you if you know that these guys are gonna, yeah, it's put an all their evolve show, it. dude. Yeah, what the I, fuck? I, yeah. What do you think, Joel? What about the wrestling news cycle? What's like the twenty four hour news cycle? Like you know, they talk about the news cycle. Like you used to be able to just wait for the paper to come, or you used to be able to just you know wait for the network news six thirty at night, and then you wouldn't have to watch for another twenty four hours. Like it was day to day to day, and then it became a twenty four hour news cycle, like you said. And with wrestling. Like, man, I mean, we might have already thought going into this year or recently that it was a real, like, minute-by-minute, nonstop yeah. news cycle. But I think of late, when you get stuff, whether it's big news like broke today with Heyman and Bischoff, whether it's Rollins and Osprey and Omega, like, whether no matter what type of wrestling news or novelty there is on Twitter, it seems like... Even as of a year or two ago, it would be like, I don't need to check my Twitter right now for wrestling, right. but I will check it when I get home tonight. Well, now and, and, dirt then, sheets. Right? and then it became, I know I've missed something. What have I missed? Like it's gone all the way because right, like we've been by the time by the time the show's over, we've been recording for let's call it an hour. Yeah. Used to be, oh, I can go that hour without looking at the phone. I won't miss any wrestling stuff. Yeah. And then it's like, did I miss any wrestling stuff? Now it's like once this is over, in between episodes, between this week and recording for next week, I, yeah. I, I will. Oh my go god! Look WWE at the phone. just bought New Japan. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Joking. I'll look at the phone <laughs> and just press the home button and watch it scroll. 
and see all of the stuff that I've missed in the last hour. And I think it's unless crazy. people get sick of it, unless or until, I think that's actually very healthy for the business to have that much content that it doesn't cost the offices anything to produce and it keeps the people entertained. That's interesting because uh, I just compared the NBA, which is another thing I love, to um, to wrestling in the sense that the social media and the personalities are bigger. It's it. I think it could be argued, especially this past season, that everything, all the news of the NBA is bigger than the actual finals. I mean, there ended up being great storylines with the injuries, unfortunately, that happened to this dynasty in the Warriors. But where are they going? What's going on here? Whose agent did he agency did he sign That's with? That's more thanks to Twitter because it used to be like yes. NBA, right? Basketball, like in the 80s, the 90s, it was all on court. People were fans of basketball because they wanted to see Lakers, Celtics. They yeah. wanted to see the Bulls. It was all about the product. Now, so many more people are into sports news and sports business and what's that next? it makes a triumvirate with the sports itself. And people just need to know what's happening in between games. We can't appreciate this Warriors dynasty because we're thinking about if Durant, a healthy Durant, goes to the Knicks with Kyrie and Anthony Davis, uh, the next dynasty. We're I'm already not, I, look, on I, it. I, I'm, I'm not a huge NBA guy, so I'm, I'm going to preface that. Um, but I have a question for everyone I've asked who's a basketball fan. Is Kevin Durant better than the Knicks are bad? Like... Is there enough talent to save that franchise? Even with him being injured a year? Like is, they my, should try and my, sign in him. My, in my mind, all right, let's say a fully healthy Kevin Durant. Durant I don't know why Durant. I, why I make him French. that way. Yeah, yeah make him French. Uh, Anthony Davis, and they get somebody else. Um, will, will Dolan still fuck that up? Or is the talent in that roster so good that Dolan can't fuck it up? Well, here, here's the thing. So, first of all, Davis is a Laker Dolan's now. Dolan's the owner of so the that's Knicks, gone. in case anyone doesn't know. Uh, and I will try not to be mean of him because I uh, I used to work for MSG and I'm oh, not ruining it out. It's fine. <laughs> we we could never criticize the Knicks. It's it's oh it's yeah. Hilarious. I remember yeah. I did that with Fuse. You couldn't criticize the Knicks. Yeah, you could do it, but whatever. Well, I got uh, nothing going on right now, so I can just shit on. There everybody. you go. Until <laughs> so you get hired again, right? Yeah. It's Until it. I yeah, I can't shit on Target because I'll be working there soon. Oh, uh, okay. On, okay. <laughs> so, but here's the thing. Um, just signing big talent doesn't mean you win, and especially in the NBA. People forget that you you then sign three big people and yeah. your salary cap's eaten up. It's now what you do with the little money you have left to do it. So I'm a Celtic fan. Basically, year a decade ago, Danny Ainge cleared the whole lineup to just get those three dudes. And he luckily had Rondo on a rookie contract and mm -hmm. Perkins. And then went and got these veterans to play for like the minimum and the exception who were hungry and felt they could fill in the roles. So... Just getting that talent's great, but you still need role players. You need someone off the bench who can hit a three. You need someone who can play D right. and eat up defensive minutes and, and, and get bored. So it's not just that. That's like the issue now with the Lakers. If they, they could they might get a third piece to go with LeBron and Davis, but if they don't if they're not capable enough to surround them with good talent, it decent enough. The, the three, whoever, and right now there's the two of them, can't play all five positions and come God, off the bench. Could you imagine, and I'm sorry, I, we won't spend much more time on the NBA, but if LeBron comes back and he's not the same, and Kevin Durant comes back First and he's not he the same. First year he was hurt was last year. How, that he how fucking bummed, how bummed will people be? The whole league will be different. Well, the, the, that injury changed the history of basketball. Changed yeah. it. Changed the whole thing. Yeah. It's crazy. 
Guys. <laughs> now let's segue to Paul Roma. Well, no, a special news. I was going to do, we're going to take next week off. Uh, so this is going to be a special double episode. This is hilarious. Where we're going to talk to Joel Gertner about his time in ECW. First off, how'd you get involved, Joel? You went to Cornell, which I didn't know. Yeah. What did um, you major in in Cornell? To taking up space. <laughs> uh, I never declared a major. I did, you were supposed to declare after your. How long year. did you last? Did you graduate or? I went three years, so I did. You know, rounded to the nearest year, kind of. I guess I went as long as you could without. You didn't. You don't have a degree from Cornell. You do not. Do not. I have one from Brooklyn College. Yeah, that you fi- finished yeah. after that. TV, radio, newsroom, intensive. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, man. Um, that's good though. You got out of Cornell. It's the highest suicide rate, I think, of all the colleges. Really? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they've got those gorges and they've got shitty weather, and um, and it's it's very uh, competitive academically. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I just I got into the business when I was about sixteen, and uh, yeah, how did a sixteen-year-old? Yeah, that must have been terrifying. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was kind of, I was on the indies and I was just, you know, uh, booking here, uh, booking there. So I wasn't on the road. And so you were originally Joey Jaguar. That was the yeah. gimmick then. Mm-hmm. Was, it, was it kind of similar to what you ended up using when you were in ECW? No, really. Uh, gosh, so, I've thought before if there are aspects of the quintessential stud muffin that are mm-hmm. residual from Joey Jaguar. And no, not really uh joey jaguar might have been closer to a i don't even want to say gino hernandez because gino was a wrestler and i wasn't i'm trying to look maybe more for a manager type but but joey jaguar was more of a rich punk snot kid silver spoon in his mouth like similar to an mjf sort of thing yeah yeah, well, yeah, Cornette, that's a good that call. Yeah, his gimmick initially, right? Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? Yeah, because he was kind of what, like a mama's boy, but it's also like a spoiled kind of, yeah. a different kind of. But I would say, yeah, maybe if you merged, definitely a lot of MJF and a lot of Cornette, uh, that's probably a much better comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, you don't die with the hate in your heart that Cornette's going to die with. <laughs> but, uh, and then you got into, uh, and then I mean, I have the Wikipedia page open, but I know this stuff anyway. So you you got it. I think you are. Are you the only example of the heel, not heel announcer, but heel? Uh, what what's it called? It's just a, 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 not, not I guess heel announcer, right? Well, heel like uh, you know intros or whatever the fuck, like a ring announcer. Ring announcer. Are you the are you the only example of a heel ring announcer? I was I was trying to rack my brain on an, an, anyone else. You can't count what Shane's doing because he's forcing those guys. What about Alberto Del Rio? That's true, but that was for one talent. So that's like that's why I disqualify him and Paul Heyman because they were for one talent. But I, I guess because I might have been the first in the way you, that it was you did presented. It, you didn't yeah. do it. You, you did it for Shane. You did it for Shane Douglas, right? Yeah. And then you did it. You did it for the Dudleys. Did you? Do, I mean, was I guess would you count that as similar as Del Rio because? You weren't doing it for every... You were aligned with those wrestlers at yeah, that time. Yeah, for a while. I moved around until I stuck with the Dudleys for about, uh, I don't know, two and a half years, whatever it was. But um, but yeah, I, I moved around a bit before I was with the Dudleys regularly. and Because uh, and th- you were kind of your own thing before that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was a, ring, a timekeeper and a ring announcer. And then when the Lucha guys came in, 
mm-hmm. because I spoke Spanish and was familiar with the Lucha style of ring announcing, uh, I became a foreign language ring announcer, uh, even Japanese for when Damien came in from Japan, uh, a Mexican guy performing in Japan. Uh, so I used to go trilingual. Um, Wait, you can speak you can speak Japanese as well. Hi. Wow. Scotchy. A little bit. Uh, yeah. Twenty five words. Twenty five words. Scotchy's one of Scotchy and twenty four. So other you words. just have to carefully plant those words. Yeah. So you're like you're you're buy and a half lingual. Buy and a half. Yeah. yeah. So buy. So buy. And then a little thumb play. Yeah. Then a little thumb play. You're buy and a half lingual. <laughs> Speaking of which, what's the craziest shit you've seen backstage in ECW? We're the second craziest because he no. can't say the craziest. Uh, no, he I just thought I just saw him top one hundred. I, I, I just I saw him know. think of the first one and realize he couldn't say it, and I think I just saw him think of the second one and realize he couldn't. <laughs> say there it. was a woman backstage, bless her heart. I think out of the kindness of her heart, I think what she wanted to do was just uh, entertain us. So I, I don't think she was, you know, she had any kind of ulterior motives. She wasn't looking for somebody to throw ten dollars at her. She wasn't right, looking right, to get right. a job. I think she literally was just, hey, you know, I'm I'm, I'm fun too, and and, and I don't know. No man, but he, to answer your question, without he's like she drowned a cat in February. Well, nah, dude, dude, no, no, the ro- the, ro- the rose needs no more bloom on it. No, I'll just <laughs> I'll throw it right at you. She, uh, it was like I want to say Columbia, South Carolina, or somewhere in South Carolina, Ugh. and she, well, it gets better. And uh, and she smoked a cigarette heard with her story. vagina. Jesus, yeah, you're not the first person who told me that. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Well, that takes the shine off my next question. Smoked it. And let me tell you something. When I say smoke, listen, I could have told you she stripped down, was buck naked. She stuck a lit cigarette in her vagina and laid there for 30 seconds. But I intentionally categorically didn't say it that way. I said that she smoked it because if you were close enough up to her and watching, you could actually see the inhale exhale oh action. Yeah. To be fair, that's way healthier than having Sabu's dick in you. Um, but <laughs> holy shit! Yeah, that's fucking crazy, dude. How how was it working for uh, working with Bubba? I mean, everyone gives him shit on the internet for being like a bully, but is that you think that's exaggerated or? Bubba never bullied me. Um, Bubba one time made a suggestion, and I thought it wouldn't work, so I stood up for myself, and uh, and his and we wound up not doing it. So I so I guess, and that I don't know that even that was an attempt to bully me. So I I don't even want that to sound. So long story short, uh, Bubba never bullied me, what and I'm not the, even sure he tried. But but I will. What was the suggestion? There oh, was one time. There was one time in uh, the maybe real heart. Cigarette down in your cross. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. There was one time in the real meat and potatoes of me doing my intros. Right, the well, right. well, well, the Gertnerism, the limerick. Right, the the rhyme. It was really. It it was in the meat and potatoes of it to where it's the fucking reason why I'm there. Yeah. So and I think he understood that when he made the suggestion. Like we were talking. You know what I mean? Like. So he suggested. Why don't you go out there tonight and instead of doing what you usually do, maybe try, well, 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 it is I, the quintessential stud muffin, Joel, I'm cool, Gertner. Or a variant thereof, like Joel, you suck, Gertner, Joel. But in other words, 
they want the the rhyme and, and i take it, it and i and i understood and i understood it's a, heel, it's, a, it's a heel suggestion and and i've done it different ways than that before i forget if one of them was like a simon says type thing but i've played takeaway where i haven't given a punch you know what i mean like i don't remember exactly how i did it mm -hmm. but to you know i get it and i've done it since and i get it but at the time and in the spot and on the day when he suggested it and the way he suggested it i just wasn't feeling it so i stood up for myself i don't know if i gained or lost points for it but um but but so yeah so i and and again I don't know that right. that was him efforting to bully me, and I don't know that he ever has. So I've never been is. bullied by him. No, I, I, now, I what definitely I will don't say, think that that's a But I've heard the stories of bullying, like, <laughs> or ribbing. That's definitely not. But I'll give a slant on it, though, which is unique to the Dudley's dynamic. And that is, when I was working with Bubba and Devon, there was definitely a good cop, bad cop dynamic with the three of us, the way they related to me. And... Bubba was definitely the bad cop, and Devon was definitely. Yeah, it seemed like Devon like was putting out the fires a lot of the time. Yeah, and maybe that's because you know Bubba just had you know he's you know his personality being what it is, and and you know maybe you know I don't know whether that was completely organic and or whether it's just something that appeared that way to me, and maybe it wasn't. You know who knows? Do you guys still have that relationship today at all? Uh, a pleasant one when we see each other right. at conventions and stuff like that. I mean, we don't talk on the phone during it. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. In general, it's hard to keep up. I remember me and James called each other last week. That was like the first just it's been a minute, it's kind like of random call, you know. Uh, let me ask you this: So you brought Bubba. You were in the ring at Heatwave in what Ohio? That infamous both of them. Yeah, I think we did Heatwave back to back years ninety eight, ninety nine in Dayton. Yeah, but you're talking about the near riot kind of one, which is uh. So when I used to a. Uh, tour with like Shuli and Ronnie the limo driver yeah. Stern and uh, those shows were what they were my job was to try and do comedy but basically I would the crowd doesn't know you and they go after you and I had to keep them in line and give them the business I would watch that promo I remember sitting at front of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland before we went to Pittsburgh and I watched it on a loop to get my head right for Pittsburgh that <laughs> night I think it's one of the greatest promos ever but how close did it really come to to being a riot. People have used the word riot for that incident. Did it feel like it was going to get out of control? How uh, much of that was real? We would have loved that because, you know, the Dudleys could keep people at bay. And then we've got Atlas security outside the ring, which, like, those, those guys are not to be toyed or trifled with. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Who, you know, were protecting us at the roast. The guy walked me to start the roast. And I'm like, where do I know this guy? This is crazy. Why is this guy? And I realized it's fucking Atlas security. And it's like. Yeah. Wow, this, I mean, those dudes are they're, all badass. I mean, their necks, their necks are bigger than my, my apartment. Yeah, <laughs> let's just be real. But it's so. How close? So tell me, as it's happening, did any moment did you think it was going to get out of hand? While you're there, so as long as the audience members would have had the piss and vinegar within them, it probably came as close as we wanted it to come. You know, it probably Bubba probably goaded people as much and as far as he wanted to until uh, you know we decided that since we're on live pay per view television and therefore, but the grace of God, you know what I mean? I mean, it's it, it was hard enough to get now, on pay per view for us. I mean, it's really hard to say. Like, nowadays, too, it's really hard. Like in WWE, how the fuck would they start a riot now? There would just be like like. 
the closest you'd get is everybody in the audience of Brooklyn just going, ah, oh, come on. Twitter flash mob, though. Like, if you did it 15 minutes before on Twitter, like, start a riot in 15 minutes. And if you did it like a flash mob, that's not true. to give any ideas, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. You could also just say, like, hey, there's a gunman in the audience. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, there's, there's easier ways to do it, too, I guess. We used to, when I lived with Greg uh, and uh, Greg, Greg Stone, Stone and his wife, uh, Tita, um, we lady. showed her that clip and she she was like this is insane I'm like yeah how great is it like it's my <laughs> I love it so much but like that big dude that dude could whoop all of our asses and Bubba Ray was goading him the mother and daughter with the famous line we have a mother who looks like she taught her daughter how to suck the-. like this was insane <laughs> and then and then when it's about to happen the mom's like yeah fuck him and the daughter's fucking shit and they look like people I grew up with in Vegas yeah, well yeah. It's, and it's and Dayton then, so it's a coin flip you know what I mean yeah. like, it could have been true you know yeah. what I mean like, who, who knows I don't think they'd be that offended if it wasn't dude Vegas outside of Vegas people don't understand like Henderson like cause I went I, I when I was in Vegas last I went to, I went to a meeting around there and I'm like it's a whole different Henderson? it's all it's all bad guys from Breaking Bad. Old school Henderson? You know. Son. It's it's Woo! it's it do not fuck and it's it's not what you think. It's not like glitzy mobby sort of violence. It's like like glass fucking knife trailer park shit. I mean, you're from there. My so. hometown. You know how they say like some some cities are block to block. Yo, some parts of Vegas, man, some aisles and wall Walmart, it's aisle by aisle. You can walk down like aisle six in the wrong Walmart, and they're trouble gonna find you, man. Let's just let's just do brass tacks. And uh, real. Th- then you got to work with Joey Styles, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, what, what what like is you know what about him? Like as far as like just so good. keeping that engine going. That that has to be the hardest thing about. Because I did wrestling commentary once, and I failed miserably about, and I've talked talked about it a lot so i don't need to talk about it again but how do you keep that engine going yeah he was good he was non-stop and uh and you know it was until tnn with me it was just him so he's doing these pay-per-views all by himself play-by-play color and analysis mm-hmm. and like you say i mean he he just keeps it going he's interesting to he knows uh, he's well spoken he knows what to say when for the psychology he's got the poise he's got the presence um it just you know yeah. Just the real deal. You know what I mean? Awesome. You did a great job because I always liked Joey by himself, but I, I thought you were outstanding. Thank you. And, and and Don Callis, too. It was like one of those things where you're like scared because it's like working as is, and I thought you both brought something different he and was. very good. Callis, and, and that's what kept me on my toes and on my and wanting to keep my game strong and always improve and never mail it in and always give my best effort was that I was a fan of Cyrus. I was a fan of so the good. Jackal in mm-hmm. WWF. So when I saw that he was coming over and going to be working with us, I it, it was when I saw that I was working um, up against in a program Jamie Dundee, yeah, yeah, and then later by a year or two when I saw that I was working with Don Callis, those were two guys that I said to myself, no, you know, not that I ever thought that I was phoning it in, you know, I tried to treat every performance like it's my first, last, and only, yeah, but uh, but I said, I man, about myself. <laughs> Have you ever? When's the when's the quickest you've given up on a, in a stand up show? So there's been times at stand up shows where I'm like, I've gotten three minutes in and I'm like, yeah, this isn't gonna, wow. this isn't gonna happen. Like I remember one time, <laughs> I remember I was at Greenwich Village Comedy Club and I was doing a set and it was just me, one other person, and then this uh, Middle Eastern family who looked visibly emotionally hurt. Like when I was doing comedy, oh, like, like, like like visibly like like. 
like like to their bone like like you're putting us in an uncomfortable situation i don't know how we got into this club can you please help us find a way out <laughs> and like within two minutes i'm like this is what's the fucking point of doing any of this i mean there's times that i've want like two minutes in i'm like oh my god this and like it. somehow it, it ends up good and hosting a lot i'll admit to some at the end of the show but Yo, I was the closest I've ever come to leaving a stage in my career. <laughs> and look at y'all. We made it happen. There was what? Years ago, I got booked. Like, you know, when you move here, you can't get arrested. I, I opened up at a Dale and Buster's for a camp show. Dave and Buster's, and, not Dale and well, Buster's. Well, right? tomato, tomato. Right, wrong. <laughs> well, I just, I, I'm, I'm, genuinely, I'm genuinely wondering if you've played at Dale and Buster's. Chip like, and there's Dale's off Buster's, yeah. fucking Like McDowell's. Oh. Yeah, exactly. God bless a McDowell's. Um, I... I've never jumped off my time, and I did, and the guy yelled at me, and he's like, just talk about camp. And I go, I'm from Pecos, man. We didn't have camp. We didn't have camp. We had the desert. It's aisle by aisle, man. Yeah, what do you want from me? Uh, it's aisle by aisle. Aisle by aisle, baby. That, 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 I think, though, comedy's a little bit different, right? Because with wrestling or even music or anything, it's like you can still keep going to a dead crowd. Comedy, it's so fucking tough. When there's nothing and you get no laughs and you're way, you know, like there is no lonelier place in the world. And wrestling's way harder than comedy as far as like what your body goes through and, and, and you know, the, the constant and probably the paychecks as well. Um, but like there's nothing lonelier in the world, especially because I, I used to do a lot more act ass than I do now. But when you're in the middle of an act out and you know this is bombing and you know you have to get to the end of that act out and you know there's going to be silence there. You know, it, it, it's the loneliest feeling in the world. It's terrible, but also, like, if you're in a, a wrestling match that ain't getting over or doing, like, a promo and ain't getting over, that's got to feel yeah. like Dante's Inferno. Let's just be real. Like, yeah, what does that feel like when you want to get booed and they don't boo you? It's got to be like... Then you just feel like a real dick. <laughs> Probably, right? If somebody's just quiet... No, you just feel like my uncle. Yeah. 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 Um yeah you take that as a learning experience and uh it was tough man we didn't get the immediate reaction back then like you know in the if you talk about ecw specifically right there was no twitter right so it wasn't like you're back in the hotel room after yeah, dirt know, sheets were actual sheets <laughs> yeah yeah but you couldn't get you got the immediate feedback you know how they say like when you do tv or movies um, you want to do wrestling because wrestling is like crack because wrestling is live and you get the immediate feedback rather than, you know, you do a movie and it doesn't, sure. you know, it doesn't run for another 18 months. And also then you realize, too, especially when you're in a sitcom, the crew always laughs because they want to get home early. What, yeah. But what I'm thinking. Yeah. What I'm thinking now is, though, like there's a there's a second immediate feedback. There's not just what you get in the arena from the crowd, but there's you're back at the hotel room two hours later after you eat. You look at it fucking around on your phone, and you're and you're seeing people put it over. And with us in ECW, there wasn't that immediate. You know, there were webs. I mean, it was really the infancy of the World Wide Web too. But I mean, you'd have to, you could count on one yeah, hand probably tapes. the number of places you could go websites to get a legitimate assessment. Of how you did that night. Now it's just so easy. You go to Twitter and it's like people are talking about, you know, whatever they just saw. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's the, everyone shits on Meltzer, but he was the only guy doing that forever. And who did you work with on the independent circuit that was like the most fun after ECW? Gosh. I've done a lot of cool stuff on the indies. Uh, I did... 
Japanese hardcore wrestling with Missy Hyatt, where we oh just kind of, the we were watching Hyatt, like baby. Big Japan and stuff, like June Kasai, and just kind of, I was somewhat familiar with yeah. it. She wasn't really, and we kind of just faked it till we made it on that one. And like, but I, there's been so much. I mean, I've done women's extreme wrestling, which is also women's exotic wrestling. And I'm, right now, I'm doing <laughs> uh, micro wrestling all stars, which is midget wrestling. And right. it's okay to call it midget person. wrestling because they, no, no, like, they, no, 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 they, no, they, they won't won. have it. No, they, it's midget wrestling. I've, I yeah. think I saw them because I did the whatever comedy festival, and I think they played. But, was, never, was, but there's four different groups out there. Well, he came and on. Two goes, of them use who's micro ready to see t- these midgets beat the shit out of each other? <laughs> this guy I mean, who cut like a promo. Old, like, carny shit. Yeah, he was like yeah. a puppet master. Yeah, it's hilarious. What's the, um, okay, what's the best and worst wrestling show you've been a part of? Best first, because, you know, people people are like, okay, that was cool. But what what what, what true horror story have you had? Because as comics, we all have our, like, worst bombs best on the indies or an ecw or even like one night stand or whatever yeah i mean you know i would think one night stand 05 but for me but that's probably just because you know bias for me and just working with wwe for the first time and um that's one was jbl easy to work with yeah 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 pillow fight yeah looked amazing but felt like nothing yeah oh really beautiful yeah yeah wow you never hear that yeah. Uh, and what was the uh, the show that like you're like I got to get out of here and take a shower, or I should go back to Cornell? <laughs> we there was a show. I think it was during ECW. There was a show in Woodbridge, Virginia. Oof. Oh man, if America's boys, playground. <laughs> if, if the boys were on this show, they know it. Like you just you say Woodbridge, Virginia, and they'll know which one you're asking about. Oh and, my God! Um, what well, what what happened? Man. I think the promoter wound up having to give New Jack his laptop because he didn't have any money (laughs) at the end of the night. And he'd been like, there's some money, but there's not all the money. So the boys are like, you know, those are the worst. That's the worst sentence you can hear as a performer. There's there's some money, but there's not all the money. So then who need who wants cash? Who wants to get paid? Never get the check. Like it's all these never get the checks. You know what I mean? Like you see all these just psychological experiments going on. And it was just and the stuff that we did out there for the fans, because obviously there were only like 15 or 20 people and the stuff we did. Like I, I, I think I was supposed to be on that day, just a ring announcer, not even necessarily a heel ring announcer. I don't think the Dudleys were there. Um, but I, I would go into business for myself to get laughs and all of a sudden I'm becoming a stand-up comic and I'm like in between a couple of the matches, I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, um, would the owner of Virginia license plate X two C (laughs) three F Y Five, six, seven, C, B, and I just kept you reading letters and numbers. Well, and I was like, Hoffman "Would thing. you please move your car? Yeah. Its obnoxiously large license plate is blocking the entrance." <laughs> like just stuff like that. Like the boys. I would also were say, passing. by the end of it, you're just calling real license plate numbers to get a ride home. The boys were doing like a break kayfabe Q and A, passing a passing a hat around in the audience, and <laughs> really? anybody who would throw a dollar in a hat would get their question answered. So really? if the boys could get paid, 
It oh my was god! The most unbelievable so they were like, they would stop wrestling and just, and just like answer questions in the middle of it. Audience Dude, questions. Iron Mike Sharp, I think, somehow was on this thing. Yeah, um, and 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 not and not to. I love Iron Mike Sharp. Iron Mike Sharp was on this show, and uh, I, I just like when when it was all going on. Like I forget whether it was like who wants check, who wants cash, or like when it was like we don't have all the money. Rumor was going around. I just remember like looking at him and the look on his face, and he looked like he just wanted to stand there and swallow his entire body. <laughs> <laughs> What's that done that? Joel, where can we find you? Uh, you mentioned your podcast, but if you want to mention it again. Yeah, I- I've got a podcast that's going on and that I've got one that's going to be starting, I think, real soon. We're putting finishing touches on it. The one that's already out there in the ether that we'd appreciate it if you subscribe and download is the 69-Minute Eargasm. And you'll find that wherever high-quality podcasts are purveyed. We'll be right next to those. Um 69 minute eargasm the one that's gonna be starting up hopefully real real soon um with conrad thompson whoa yes sir uh you just yes. got knighted. The the bastard redheaded stepchild of the group is going to be called Extreme Championship Wednesday. I mean, this so, is great. Yeah. And I would like to congratulate you well, on being the head of Ring of Honor next year. Or or all Japan. He'll be taking over all Japan. <laughs> Winning Mega Millions or something. Right. This is unbelievable. But uh but so keep an eye out right now for sixty nine minute eargasm and uh and very expeditiously hopefully soon for um extreme championship wednesday my youtube channel as well if anybody would like to see uh me cooking me unboxing stuff me playing scratch off lottery me just living life it's a reality show if reality tv were real and you so there's just a camera in your apartment the whole time there's my phone in my apartment the whole time and uh and yeah and the cooking is fun man quintessential cuisine we call it and that's me and my wife and it's very very honeymooners 2019 look it's got that kind of vibe you're, you're already a winner because you you left the you're in the wrestling business and you still have a wife there you go so i mean that's that's number one so check all that out zach uh, pack of fools that's right. on youtube anything else buddy all right, James. First of all, I mean, we need 25 hours in the day. I mean, there's just too many podcasts now. This is crazy. <laughs> this is just insane. I'm just, right. I'm happy. This is the best news I've gotten. I started in a while. listening to one about uh, that was really good. Uh, the sports wars with Favre and Aaron Rodgers. I gotta get that. That's gonna be good. It's really this fun. This is too much. All right, hey guys, uh, James O'Mattern on Instagram. In the next week or two, the, my new web series called Whoa. Nathan and James Solve Something with the great Nathan McIntosh will oh, be debuting there. Oh, he's been there. on the show. Friend of the show. He's the best. And we'll also be on YouTube. Check that out, man. We great. just actually filmed some episodes today. That's awesome, man. Us screaming at each other over topics. Just wait. Eating in versus restaurants. It's going to change the he's world, baby. He's a great baby. screamer. One of the all-time greatest screamers of all time. Let's just be real. Him and Nina Hartley, let's go. Different <laughs> reasons. I knew I could get Joe on that. Come on, baby. Uh, also, my uh, album's coming out. We don't have a date yet, but it should be in August or September. It's oh, called cool. No Segways on Comedy Records. And uh, I'll be doing warm-up at uh, Just for Last at La Estrelle for the Crave Tapings and the Comedy Show Tapings. Come check that out. It'll be a lot of fun. Awesome, Boom. man. Um, you can check out all my dates on dancingermain.net. Uh I will be in. I'll also check out Instagram because I got to put put a new poster. But I'm going to be doing a Southern tour at the end of August. Yes. I'm going to be doing Boston at the end of August. I'm doing Vermont uh, in September. Thanks to everybody who came out to to uh, San Francisco last weekend. Uh, and uh, my Twitter is d at ds Germain. I'm Dan Saint Germain 
on Instagram. The show I wrote for Alternatino is on Comedy Central yes. on Tuesday nights. So check that bad boy out and rate and subscribe to this podcast. Also, um, my uh, my album No Real Winners Here is on all the streaming services and you know and can be also bought, which I'd prefer on uh, iTunes. <laughs> when you go down south, try to find that chick that cigarette. I'm telling you smokes cigarettes <laughs> with her pussy. And see if she does, like, maybe it's vagina vaping now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> now the, the times, you know what I mean? The times. Vagina vaping sounds like an empowerment show. Um, sounds like a riot girl band. Right. She'll yeah. probably be opening for me. So <laughs> check it out. Thank you guys so much. Rate and subscribe to the podcast. Bye. Oh, and also, oh, shit. Last thing I'm going to say. We are taking a week off because it's July 4th. And uh, I know most podcasts don't take a week off, but... Uh, no, I want to stay. Uh, I want to stay married, guys. So stay I gotta married, take baby. it off. All right, thanks. Have a good one. <laughs>